previously on D&D&D. Your Excellency, quick question. How must we prepare for the sacrifice? Uh, one of the counselors looks to you, Marjorie, and says, Well, we're off to a great start. It's been years past your deadline, but you finally brought us the heir of Earthadar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they say sacrifice? No! Oh! <laughs> you see a massive, pale hand reach through the brush and just toss a tree oh. right out to the side, <laughs> revealing a uh, hulking figure with one singular eye. Fuck. I'm gonna cast fireball at its feet. The Cyclops uh, doesn't react at all. So he grabs all of you and kind of bunches you all together and then walks into the forest. While we've been with Marjorie and Juno, the rest of the team has been carried by this giant cyclops to a ruined country estate deep in the forest. Zavis, you can tell that this used to be a very nice country estate, like somewhere between a castle and a house. There used to be a, a like a turret tower. It's two floors, but it's since fallen to ruin, and it looks as if the roof has been completely blown off. Scattered around the house are ceramic tiles and stone and things as if it's been blown apart. You can kind of feel that there's like a magical energy to this place. You are carried up ramp kind of thing that the Cyclops built to get up to the top of the house. And on that second floor where everything's kind of been blown away, there's a little a like living quarters kind of that's been assembled for the Cyclops. He's like set up camp here. There's a big like kind of cook fire that he's like created with stone and a like really simple kind of hammock he's set up against the turret tower and one of the walls that's still standing. All of the stuff that's still left from the house used to be really nice, but it's now kind of like rotted and water damaged and all this stuff. Uh, he carries you down into the uh, first level of the house, into this big main chamber where the stairs lead down and they're the front door. You can see that there's a, another room off to the side, a little hallway, and then a big door that he can fit through to like a grand hall. This is where he takes you and takes uh, what used to be a crib and like shoves oh you under God. it <laughs> Ew. and uses the crib as a kind of like cage. Oh, I thought I was about to become a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all of you. Like my big, oh, it's all it's of us. All okay. of us baby. Or all of you. And he kind of like shoves you and he like forces you all under this crib. <laughs> oh so you're all wedged in under here. And then he just like reaches over to the wall and like pulls a section of it off. And uses the stones mm. to pile on top of the crib. Oh, so are we in there with a dead witch? He takes the dead witch. You're in there with two live, live but unconscious okay. witches. Okay, okay. And he takes the dead witch with him back out of the door. What do you do, Zavis? Can I roll to see how much I know about Cyclopses? 20. Not that 20, but... But 20 total? Okay, yeah. So with a 20 total, you know that this is weird for a Cyclops. One, it's weird that he would set up camp in a house. Usually they're kind of like cave-dwelling mountain creatures. It's weird that it was magic-resistant. 
it's weird that like it seems to have the intelligence to uh like keep you in this cage um or build that little like shelter up top that's all like uncharacteristic for cyclopses as far as your knowledge of kind of studies of creatures and things go okay this is when Fletch, you start or flack you start coming too hey and you're wedged oh my God. your back is wedged up <laughs> against no the grate of the uh the crib yeah and then your face is like right up against fletch's ass you're the smallest too so you have you're like i push at fletch and no that, don't, don't, don't do that and that no, that that happens and and the the crib kind of like no. rocks a little bit and fletch starts to kind of come to a little uh, so far, the hags are are unaffected. Oh God! But they're still alive. You can you can all feel them kind of breathing. And man, did they smell bad? Okay. I, th- I think your ass is in my face. <laughs> is it, is it my, what is it, where? What's happening? Get why guys, your can ass? Can I move my ass? No, don't move! Don't, okay. don't move, uh, guys. Okay. So hi. Hi. Um, hi. Okay. I'm well, being really quiet right now because uh, so what happened was mm-hmm. you got knocked unconscious. How? What? Because uh, I made too many fart clouds on accident. Oh, <laughs> and then oh, okay. so you're you were unconscious, and then while that happened, um, a cyclops came through cyclops? and took us. What? I try I tried hard to like make that not happen. Also, one of the witches got murdered real bad. Was it which one? Which is the I, one I the shot? middle one? I don't know which. Oh, one. the one who was know. laughing. <laughs> I think so. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it was, I felt bad. Like, it was awful. Oh, really? Watch. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh, I guess it's cooler in, in like, concept than yeah. it was in actuality. That's yeah, all. like, I'm going to see that. Okay. Your, your voice is really, it's like, you're, you're, it's, my, my it's ass like, is warm right now. It's kind of like right warm now. against Yeah, can you yeah. stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm man. very uncomfortable. Yo, I fell asleep in one fart cloud, woke up in another. So, <laughs> Do any of you guys know anything about Cyclopses, because I kind of do. <laughs> but nope. you feel kind of a shift as one of the uh, hags kind of like stirs. How do we kill these h- hags? Uh, oh, okay. Wait. Why don't you just slit their throats? Do, well, no, no. <laughs> do I have the Do I have the bag of holding? I I feel yeah, bad if I don't. Okay. You do. Okay. okay. Here's what we're gonna do. I have the bag of holding. <laughs> we're gonna try to put the two witches in the bag so we have more room in here. Isn't there like you put the hags in the bag. Isn't there valuable <laughs> stuff in there? The books are in there, but they're not going to care. That's what, yeah, let's just do it. Okay. All right, roll a dexterity roll. Whoever's going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do it. Okay, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> 21. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you nice. managed to maneuver one of the hag's kind of feet into the bag, and then it kind of frees up enough space to get the rest of it around. Fleck, you have enough room to get away from Fletch's ass. Oh, finally. Oh, finally. Um, <laughs> and now uh, roll again. This will be an easier time getting the second one in if you want. It's a n- new definition of swamp ass. <laughs> Nat 20. Oh, yeah. Okay. You totally fine. Nice. So you guys, you guys are still in very close quarters. Like you cannot stand up or stretch out, especially the elves. Uh, Flack, you have a little bit more. more. Yeah, you're you're a little bit more free to move around. Uh, you can stretch your legs out at least. You're still trapped under this crib. Jeremy kind of floats in. Hey, Jeremy, oh. no. <laughs> and and he's like, oh man, looks like you guys are in a real bind. There's a, a whole lot of rocks on top of this thing. I don't know how you're gonna get out of this how, one, Jeremy. How'd you get here? 
I I followed the 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 Cyclops left a pretty clear trail of where you guys were. I oh mean, sure, yeah, yeah. He's really big. That that's a that's a that's a scary thing. Did Zavis? Did you see what happened to that witch? Yeah, it was fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna see that forever. <laughs> did, did, you just, did you just come here to heckle us? You're just like teasing us because you're free and we're not. Well, hey, it's it's all right. He's a little. He just woke up. He's a little <laughs> grumpy. Jeremy, I for one am happy that you followed us instead of just like floating away. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys are my team. <gasps> Jeremy's part of the team. Jeremy, do you know what's up with this Cyclops? Because you kind of live in this dimension. I don't know, like some, like it's weird. He has a house. Yeah, that this one, this one's beyond me. I mean, you know, they're usually not. Uh, built for this like it seems weird that he would come bring you guys back here and and weird that he'd set up shop here uh no i think i get it he just wants to be more than a cyclops you know i understand oh can he talk maybe that's i i didn't stop to ask him cyclops oh my god (laughs) wow you Uh, did that after you scream you hear kind of like a magical blast and there's like a flash of light that comes through the door you know to the room that you're in and you hear a roar, and then uh, a horrible high-pitched scream, and then a crunch. Oh. That's all you hear. Wait, Jer- Jeremy says, like, oh, uh, evidently that thing wasn't 100% dead. <laughs> what, the witch? Yeah. Wasn't dead. <laughs> but I think it is now. Oh, oh. no. So um. what do you got? Like, I, I think you guys got to get out of here. I, I don't Is have- there a clear path to an exit of this, this structure if uh, we get out of this crib? I had to float in from the, from the top. Uh, I don't, I don't, all the doors seem to be, you know, seem to be closed and I, I can't turn knobs. Sure, yeah. Uh, so you guys should probably figure out a way out of this. I can't, you know, again, I can't turn knobs. I can't lift stones. So yeah, we get it, dude. You can't turn knobs. But I'm here for moral support. You guys are doing great. Thank you, Jerry. What's the crib made out of? What are the bars made out of? Is it metal? Um. Yeah, it's like uh, wrought iron. Jeremy, what's right above us? Uh, I mean, the second floor of the house. I I can't tell you specifically what room. They all look pretty uh, blown up. You probably can't really push, can you? Uh, and then he kind of like floats over, and the beak just kind of like clacks against the <laughs> one of the wrought iron uh, things, and it like falls to the ground real quick, and then floats back up. It's like, well, it was worth a shot. Jeremy, by your estimation, does it look like? The bag of holding could fit between these bars. Yeah, did you need me to tell you that? Like, well, it was that or ask the DM. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question: How much do those rocks on top of us weigh? Like about levitate? Like just just about though. So uh, I'm not telling you what it says on here. Just so you're honest uh, with me. It's a few hundred pounds. Like how many hundred pounds? Oh. I'm trying to think of what like a serious leg press would be. A serious leg press, yeah, like probably like three hundred. Yeah, like f- I was thinking four. Like it's he like took a chunk of castle wall down on top of them. Okay, I cast levitate on the chunk of castle wall on top of us. Okay, they hover. Okay, uh, muscle Push man, you want to you want to lift crib. this crib? Yep. Okay, make a strength roll. Nineteen. All right. Uh, Fletch squats the crib, (laughs) (laughs) and you guys are uh, free of the crib. Lower those rocks down gently, or Um, lower them on top of the witch. Oh, can only go. Oh, when the spell. You can only go up or down, though. Yeah, but we could put the witches underneath. We could just no. We just put them back in the in the cage. Oh yeah. 
oh, can we can we shake the witches out of the bag <laughs> into the cage? And we'll put them in the cage, sure. and then the, yeah, the yeah. rock it'll like it floats gently down when the yeah yeah let's do that. that. Okay, here we'll shake out the witches from the. <laughs> they tumble bag. out and they start to kind of stir. Okay, put that cat. Put the, lock them in there. Quick. Drop I, it. I can't. Oh, are they under? Are they under the cage? Yeah. yeah okay. Under the cage. And I, I end my the spell. Uh, uh, the rocks gently float down on top of the cage. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did. It. We're gonna come back to Juno and Marjorie. You now find yourselves in a dungeon cell. Uh, you have been locked in the cell together. Right now, it's this crystalline Juno statue, and Marjorie who went willingly. Um, Margarine, you've been relieved of your weapons. Did they take mine? You're all frozen together. Wh- when's this shit gonna wear off? Well, let me get to right. tell the story. <laughs> let me weave the fantasy tapestry that I've put together. Okay. Joel just wants to skip to the last page. <laughs> <laughs> so, Margarine, you have no uh, weapons on you. Whatever, anything, any sword, dagger, whatever, you're still got your looks, though. There, but have you got the time? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There is a dragonborn guard watching over your cell. You can see past you uh, that there is a stairway leading up. Uh, there is a hallway with other cells. As far as you can tell, there are no other prisoners. Juno's just frozen next to me. As far as you can tell right now, Juno is frozen next to you. Is he cold? Or is he like crystal? He's slick like ice, but not cold. You're as slick as ice. Hey, hey, n- number 221. I am number 54. All right. <laughs> D- can you tell me what's wrong with with the chosen one here? It appears that he has been frozen. But like ice, fr- can you fix my friend? I cannot fix your friend. All right, well, I'm appreciative that you're so good at answering these. Do you know how to fix my friend? I do not know how to fix your friend. God damn it. Hey, 54, what are you passionate about? <laughs> <laughs> number 54 has no passions number Yikes. 54 lives to serve number 54 sees all knows <laughs> all who do you serve 54 i serve the council all of the council or just one on the council all of the council all right and then as you're having this conversation with number 54 all of these guards are very forthcoming juno starts to kind of like melt oh yeah. oh Oh um, no! Oh no! <laughs> no, not like melt and disintegrate. Like <laughs> oh, the okay. ice. The That's I- how Juno dies. Just <laughs> melting. The, the ice world. around him melts away. The first thing that gets exposed is like just one eye can suddenly start moving around. So you see that, yeah, you see that blinking. this, yeah, you see that this eye is like moving and blinking. Juno, I'm gonna wait for an ear to fr- unfreeze, and I'll tell you what's going on. Was I aware while I was frozen, or did you, you could not hear? Okay, but I could see. Yes. Okay. Uh, through, uh, obscured. Okay. Yes. Do you know, I think I saved our lives, but it might have been also a bad thing. Your shoulders are free now. So we're, we're going to be put on trial for deceiving the council, but I felt like it was either that or be stabbed through the heart right there and then. That is correct. Oh. I don't think there's a lot we could do, but I've got a thought. Dragonborn, do you have a name? I am number 54. So I've heard a lot about these numbers. Do you have individual personalities, you you servants of these people? I am number 54. Uh, I feel like there's a 54, shitty where class was, where system were you here. Born? Number 54 was born in the hatchery. How many brothers and sisters do you have? It is unknown. Number 54 
did you know that I come from a place, we both come from a place, where Dragonborn, like you, can move about and do whatever they want? That is irrelevant to number 54. <laughs> uh, and then as you're having this conversation, Juno, now you're free to the waist, so your arms are free to move around. Oh, okay. you're like an ice mermaid. All right, Juno, I think something's we- something weird's going on here. I think that they need some kind of human sacrifice in order to maintain their society. Juno, you can hear a kind of like soft pattering from the stairwell. And like it's it's bizarre because I I I I I think that Marjorie, all of these dragons hear this now too. Never mind. Best Good thought maybe Joel Good would idea. tell Marjorie to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was just listening in. And then you see come down the stairs one of those dogs. <clears throat> and uh, number 54 kind of like gestures and is like be gone. <laughs> and then, like, more of the dogs come down. So now there's, like, five dogs. And now there are eight dogs. Does number 54 have keys on him? Yes. Okay. The dogs all kind of, like, walk up seemingly in formation uh, to number 54. <laughs> then you hear kind of, like, and, like, as these popping noises uh, happen, uh, on the backs of the dogs... Uh, <gasps> appear small winged creatures. Yes, I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! Makes me so happy that that happened. And in high squeaky voices, they yell, Attack! And then they charge number 54. The dogs leap up on him. Number 54 is completely surprised by this, and they start like biting at the exposed parts of him in his armor, which is basically just like neck, face, hands. The small winged creatures like have like little tiny spears and stuff, and they are they like poke his eyes, and like one of the dogs like bites his neck real bad, and then you hear like number fifty four die without making a sound. Oh Oh, no, it's not his fault, but I'm sure we'll meet another one just like him. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. (laughs) And then a couple of the uh, the fairies go and grab his like key ring and like fly it up to. The lock and unlock the door for you. They say, uh, hurry this way. Okay. Yes, of course. And they take you down the corridor, not up the stairs where they came from, but like down the corridor, seemingly deeper into the dungeon. One of the fairies kind of like flies up uh, to talk to you. And like all the dogs are following you too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and uh, it's so good. And they say like, you're from the other world, aren't you? Yes, we are. I mean, if we tell you, yes, are you going to also try to sacrifice us to your god? No, uh, in fact, our god doesn't need a sacrifice. Oh, thank god, what? We heard, uh, we heard the bigger one mention the, the order of Gala Doy. Are you affiliated with them? Yes. Yeah, they, they, uh, they figured it out. They, they, they figured out that our goddess, it's a goddess actually, being pretty, pretty weird of you to assume it was a god. Um, god was non-gendered, I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 It doesn't need the sacrifice, but it's the elves who who use the sacrifice to keep power. Juno, I knew it. Y- yeah, you called that one good. Uh, you need to get back and, and warn them. They're starting to get really pissed off, and this is just going to piss them off more. You need to get back to your world and warn them. Okay, there's a lot going on right now, because this is completely unrelated to the reason why we're over here. You see, and I proceed to explain to these fairies what our mission is. Okay, uh, while you're doing this, you hear kind of in the distance behind you and it's pretty far back now at this point you hear some uh one of the dragonborn knights say number 54 has fallen and then there's kind of like an alarm and we're gonna cut 
you guys are in this mansion. You're on the first floor and you're in this kind of like, uh, you know, great room that you were captured in. There's the other rooms in the house uh, as kind of I described coming in. Can I roll? Because like just because from doing my readings, I know that the Feywild is kind of a mirror of our world. Can I roll mm-hmm. to see if I recognize this house? Sure. 15? No, this isn't somewhere that's known to you. Okay. This would have been, you know, kind of vaguely that this would correspond to somewhere like deep in the woods, but you don't really know where. Uh, This isn't somewhere that you've been before. Okay. The kind of knickknacks and shit that are around you, Mm -hmm. stuff kind of looks a little familiar from your like days in school. That makes sense. Like if you went to like a wizarding school or anything like that, or like, or you had like a kind of fancy pants upbringing a little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of recognize that there's like finery about. Okay. But you don't know the specific place. Got it. Uh, so what do you guys want to do? Uh, I'd like to cast Pass Without Trace. Okay. Which grants everybody a 10, 10 bonus of dexterity stealth checks. You guys have those bonuses applied Thanks. to you. You're welcome. So now we're super sneaky. To what? Dex- stealth De- checks. Stealth checks. Oh, yeah. stealth. There's a door that leads out of this room that goes back to like the main entry chamber to this uh, estate house. There's a door to a room off that main chamber. There's a hallway where there's the staircase up that leads to your only known way out, but also the Cyclops. Wait, so we can't just like leave through the front door? There is a front door. Part of it is blocked by collapsed building. Could you levitate the collapsed building? To leap through the front door. I mean, I could try. That's not fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should fun? do. What's fun? <laughs> we should grab the attention of the Cyclops in this room and have him freak out that we're missing yeah. and then cause a bunch of chaos in uh, this room so why? that the witches will go crazy and he'll go crazy and then we can just peace out. Uh, but can we also peace out without all the craziness? Yeah. <laughs> are there windows? Uh, there are big stained glass windows, uh, that are kind of along the staircase. Um, there's one above the main door that's like lights coming in through, but there aren't any kind of like within reach. I mean, we could just go peek, peek around his house. Sure. Because we can't get, we're super stealthy. That's true. Oh, yeah. Let's sure. just sneak, let's just see if there's stuff we can yeah. take first. All right, let's be a little Jack and the Beanstalk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling overconfident now. <laughs> You're in the main room. The door kind of looks, is kind of broken off the hinges, and the stone around the door looks as if it's been kind of cracked and broken, like the Cyclops has tried to get in this room before. Uh, and then there's the hallway. So, where do you guys want to go? Or there's the staircase up, presumably. Was this, yeah, this room was a door. It's like a rusty yeah. door. All right, so you go over to the door and looking inside, you see that this is like the kitchens or what used to be the kitchens. Everything's kind of broken open. It used to be really nice, just like everything else, but the stores of food are either ransacked and empty or very, very rotten and spoiled. And there's plants growing where there shouldn't be because it's so old and there's nothing seemingly of value in this room, just an old broken down kitchen. You said there's like a hallway? Yeah, there's a hallway. There's the there's a back kitchen door that look that is sealed, uh, you know, like locked as far as you can tell, but there is a door. We should go upstairs just to check it out, you know. A cyclops is up there. Oh. Right. Hallway. Well, let's check this other hallway. Sure. Down the other hallway uh is a 
room beyond a closed door. This looks unaffected. And then there is a staircase leading down. And that has a very low overhang. Like even Zabbis and, and Fletch would have to crouch to, to get under it to take the stairs down. So it is unchecked, untried by the Cyclops as far as you can tell. Guys want to go downstairs? Yeah, because yep. then at least he can get down there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... It could be something awful down there, but <laughs> yeah. we'll find out. So you go downstairs. It's a spiral kind of staircase down. Uh, Flack has no problem. <laughs> Fletch and Zabbis have to crouch the whole way. And when you get down there, you see... It's very dark, but all of you have dark vision? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you all can kind of mm-hmm. see in the kind of like hazy way of dark vision that you're in what appears to be kind of a laboratory of some kind. Uh, there's shelves with books and scrolls and different items and displays and tables. There's a shelf on one wall full of beakers and piles and bottles that cover almost every surface. Everything's covered in a thick layer of dust, but but everything's intact. It isn't like the kitchen you were just in. Like this has been untouched for some time. I'm like Fletch is getting flashbacks of when Zabbis and he were both in the, oh my gosh. In the lab the first Let's time. Just uh, drink stuff. Everybody, everybody make a wisdom saving throw. Saving throw. Yeah. Twelve. Seventeen. Sixteen. Okay, Zabbis, you're kind of magically drawn towards a well in the back of the room. Oh no. You're aware that you're under a spell, but you can't tell anyone you're under a spell. It's part of the spell. Oh, no. Um, so you guys don't know that she's under a spell. As far as you know, he's just walking towards this well in the back of the room, and you're doing it very calmly. It's not as though you're like pulled, yanked to it. You're just acting as if you're acting under your own free will, but you're not. Are any of the, are there potions? There's a shelf of potions. Um, you recognize some of them when you blow off the dusk as healing potions. Some of them are even labeled as such. Um, there's 10 total. I put the 10 in the bag. I was going to say, does okay. Zabbis have our bag? Uh, hey, Zabbis. Can you I have respond. That, yeah. Can I have that bag? You can um, give it to them, yeah. Yes. Thanks. I take it. All right, okay. cool. Make note that these 10 potions are potions from the Manor House lab. Uh, yeah, I look. can I look and see if there's any like spell books? There's a scroll case full of scrolls. There are some scrolls that uh, when you pick up, they kind of turn to dust. Hmm. Or there's some that are like severely water damaged and you can't read the writing on them. Um, but there's a scroll case that has uh, some scrolls in it. Uh, it has seven scrolls in it. There's spell books, but a lot of them are written in languages that you don't understand. There's a small kind of like moleskin sized like pocket spell book that is blank. But when you pick it up, you feel as though you remember something that you forgot a long time ago but you can't figure out what it is your ranger magics you feel mm. kind of like a little bit regenerated when you pick up this spell book. Hmm. all right i would like to pocket that spell book okay uh there's uh leaning up against uh, a corner uh on a like hat rack there's a wizard hat uh covered in like nature imagery there's a cloak also on that hat rack mm-hmm. there's another table that has uh gloves and some boots there's display cases that have different orbs. Hey, Zabbis, there's a pretty cool wizard hat over here with a bunch of nature stuff on it. Oh, man, I would love to look at that, but something about this well, it seems pretty cool. By this time, Zabbis has reached the well and starts kind of cranking the bucket up. Can't wait to see what's in this bucket. Oh. This is what I want to do right now. I turn my attention over to Zabbis and kind of slowly walk over to see what's going on. 
Zavis, you feel as if you need to tell them that you're just, you just really need to get a drink. Like all that excitement has parched you. You're just so, really thirsty. So thirsty. I mean, a new hat and robe would typically be what I really want. Yeah, but that's right why now, I brought to your attention. No, but yeah. right now, whatever, whatever liquid is going to come up in this bucket. Uh, mm, we're gonna drink it. That's yeah, so, that I am gonna weird. drink it. Yeah, it uh, seems a little weird, Zavis. No, there's, there's, there's also a uh, a lab coat on the on the coat rack, hat rack that you know is a lab coat. You don't know what it does. Um, there's a couple pairs of gloves, like I said. I stuff it all in the bag of holding. You just take everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You just clear it out. Okay. Uh, Zavis. Long rope on this. Yeah. Zavis brings the bucket up. The bucket tips and a huge gush of water comes up from the well and starts to fill <laughs> the room. The, oh, you're free what? of the spell. Okay. Um, I was under a spell. I couldn't tell you guys this was a trap. I think. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm so not this thirsty. Water starts to fill <laughs> the room. Oh, so my you're God. Now about like ankle, thing. Yeah. You're now like ankle deep in water. Oh, no. Oh, crap. All right. So I want to run back and grab those seven scrolls. Yeah, because those would get water damaged. Yeah. Okay. Grab okay. Um uh what, do we just run? Are you I mean, are you gonna take that drink that you needed? <laughs> I'm not thirsty. What you just Oh the spell. My, okay, yeah. all right. That's a lot of water. Hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick main game announcements, and then we're gonna get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode twenty five of D D D. Be sure to follow us on social media at D D D Pod on Twitter and D D Pod on Instagram. Or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. Once again, I want to let everyone know that we are very soon going to be offering merch on Beth's shop online. It is bethbrad.shop, where she sells some prints of her amazing artwork. She's got stickers. She's got some really cool stuff. So be sure to check that out just on its own for her incredible artwork. But soon she's going to be posting our incredible logo that she designed. There are so many great details in this logo if you're a longtime listener and haven't checked it out since you first uh, subscribed to the podcast, there are some really, really amazing little Easter eggs in the logo uh, that you might not uh, have gotten until now. There's the patch with Butter the Horse on it. There are the bone dice. Uh, there are references to a bunch of the meals that we had. Of course, Cheese the Mouse, uh, Dearly Departed, uh, and... All kinds of really cool, fun details. I love this logo so much. Beth did a test print for me uh, that I'm holding in my hands right now, and it is just so gorgeous, printed out. Uh, I have a 12 by 12 one, and it is just incredible. I ordered a frame as soon as she gave it to me, and I can't wait to get it up on my wall. Uh, she also did a fun print for me, uh, one of my favorite pieces of hers, one of her rad portraits of Dana Scully from the X-Files. Uh, and it's a cool little 8-bit Dana Scully, and I love it so much. And you can go and find other rad portraits of hers on her shop, uh, BethBRad.shop. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show. People like Tilly, at TillyTillyTilda on Twitter, who says, Slowly catching up on the D&D&D pod episodes that I missed due to school starting, and I'm living for this flak margarine drama. Yeah, there was some serious stuff uh, going on between those two characters, and it has yet to resolve. So be sure to tune in for the coming episodes, Tilly, and see how the drama shakes out. And I hope that school is going well for you as the semester begins. Uh, and thanks to Penguin Milton at Milton Penguin on Twitter, who says D&D&D Pod is the best D&D podcast I have seen in years. Juno is the best. Well, thank you, Penguin. We know it's a crowded field, and we appreciate all of you 
who are listening to us who have plenty of options for your D&D podcasts, and we are very grateful that you have chosen ours. As we near the end of Season 1, I want to look ahead a little bit to Season 2 and invite you, our listeners, to be a part of the show in a little way. Something that we talked about in our meeting over the weekend was giving you guys, the listeners, an opportunity to submit magic items that could appear in various shops that the team visits coming up in new adventures once we start recording again. Uh, so yeah, so if you have ideas for magic items that could appear in these shops, uh, anything, uh, any kind of fun magic item, uh, that, uh, weapon or armor or ring or trinket, uh, that has a fun little magical twist, uh, submit those descriptions to dndndpod at gmail.com, uh, with your name and a little description of the item and a suggested price for the item in gold. Uh, and I will see if I can find a way to work it into the story. Uh, if it makes sense for the shop that they're going to, for the the place that they're going to be, uh, I will find a way to work it in. So if you have ideas for magic items, go ahead and submit those. And that is it for me. So we're going to get you right back into it now and wrap up this episode. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay, so you come upstairs. Uh, the water isn't like chasing you. It's not like right at your ankles. Like it's filling that room slowly. So like now that you're up the stairs, you feel mostly comfortable that you've escaped that trap. Um, so there's this other room down this hallway or there's back where you guys came from. What if? Oh my God, such a fun idea. What? What is that? What if? Okay. We drown the witches? No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we get the boat. We get the boat off my robe. How big is the window over the front door? Significant. It's a big stain. Okay, here's what we do. We flood the house. Just flood the we let the house flood and then we just ride out the front window like a flume ride. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Right, that sounds so fun. How fast is this water rising? Yeah, I feel like we it's have probably time to check pretty out. Slow. Pretty we have slow. Time to check out the well, other hallway. I guess. Yeah, let's, let's do that. that. The other room is a servant's quarters. Like there's a small kitchen, almost like a break room. Uh, there's several beds, uh, uh, like privy off to the side in its own separate room. There's even like a small l- library with a fireplace. It seems to you that whoever employed the people who lived here uh, really made an effort to give them a good life. Uh, there's a back door here and you find a decomposing skeleton, the clothing kind of rotting off of it. Uh, but only half, the bottom half of the skeleton is missing, kind of reaching towards this door. The skeleton's reaching toward the door? Yeah. Whoa. Let's see what they were trying to get to. Or get away from. I have a feeling that's just Cyclops leftovers. Hmm. But yeah, we can see. You do it. All right. (laughs) Open the door. Uh, You don't open the door. When you get to the door, you touch it and it immediately turns into just, just flush with the wall as if someone just drew a door on the wall. And then when you take your hands off the door, it turns back into a door. Whoa. That's a fake door. So you can't touch it. Can wait. Okay, I'm gonna make you do this because it's gross. Cool. Grab that skeleton uh, and use the, use the skeleton hand to open the door. 
but yeah, you do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, I break this skeleton arm. No, you don't have to do that. Off the rest of the skeleton. Oh. Okay. And there's then, there's like a soft crunch as oh, the bit, brittle no. bones break. Look, I'm not a strong man. All right, I'm not going to be messing with his whole damn skeleton to do this disgusting task that you won't do. <laughs> so, uh, and I use the skeleton hand. And I touch it towards the door. Not the right. same thing happens. Well, yeah. great. Now I'm desecrated a corpse for no yeah, reason. Yeah, now you're... You the like kind weird... of skull, like, f- after you've disturbed it, the skull kind of, like, cracks off the neck and, like, clinks to the ground. And oh, shit. Ro- no. Rolls under oh, a bed. No. Or is that just, like, like splash? <laughs> <laughs> the water hasn't yet reached us. Oh, it try... hasn't reached us. Yeah. Should okay. we try magic on the door? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or attack it. I don't know. Attack the I'm door. So de- I'm determined not to get through this door. Uh, so is the skeleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That worked out for him. Uh, I guess let's, I'll, I'll take it's a... It's kind of messed up that the servants' quarters have this fake door in it. It's like messed up, right? I just take a swing at the door with my sword. Just clanks off of stone. What else is in the room here? Besides uh, my, besides the skeleton we found in pieces already and the fake door. Well, there are the beds and there's kind of like foot lockers at the, at the end of every bed. Trunks, if you will. You know, there's shelves. I open up the nearest foot locker. It's not trapped or anything. You just open an old chest. There's a big creak and kind of a weird musty smell. Mm, I kind of like it though. Better than farts. Yeah, right? You find a bag of a uh, hundred gold coins minted with some signage that you're unfamiliar with. This isn't the currency of where you came from. All right. Okay. Um, but as far as you can tell, it's still gold. I take it. Okay. Uh, there's a box of small vials of potions. It looks like this is kind of like a first aid kit. Like the you recognize these as healing potions, and five healing potions or healing vials, anyways, and five antidotes to poison. I take it. Make note, these come from this house. There's a uh, kind of old serving clothing, kind of, you know, folded up and put in this trunk of a strange fashion. I don't that, take it. That you're unfamiliar <laughs> with. I take those. Okay. He takes it. And then there is a book. Nerd. That's and your arena. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I take the book. You open up the book and it looks like it's the journal of the valet who was kind of the head of this household who served the Lord of the Manor. Uh, and there are, uh, most of it is pretty moth-eaten or, or water damaged, but there are a couple entries that you can make out. And the first one says, My Lord is in another foul mood after meeting with the counselors today. The ritual is fast approaching and they still won't believe him. He'll try again, though. It's a matter of life and death. And then you kind of flip later in the book and there's another entry that you can read that says, it's been months since the deadline for the ritual has passed. The counselors are furious and have sworn vengeance on my lord. He's taken to holing up in his laboratory and has chanted the estate with all kinds of protective magic. He takes a great effort to keep the staff calm, but we're starting to worry. And then you kind of flip back and a page falls out. What's the page that fell out What was that? Uh, you pick it up and it wasn't part of the journal originally. It Subscribe looks like... for nine months. For nine <laughs> nine yeah. Months. yeah. Nickelodeon magazine, <laughs> so please. <cool. laughs> you see that it's a portrait, a small kind of like the kind of thing that would come in like one of those little oval frames. And it's a drawn portrait of four people presumably the lord of this manor who's a high elf uh dressed in this like crazy opulent fashion with this big wizard hat hat uh big the one, feather the one in from it. downstairs a different one from downstairs oh there's another wizard hat around here and he is standing with a man that you recognize as Nils Hoskendauer. ooh uh, ooh 
and a tall, gorgeous woman that Zabbis recognizes from her visions when she cast the portal spell. Um, but both Niels and this woman look much younger. And there is a fourth person that you don't recognize in the painting. What do they look like? They are human. It's a man. He look like a man. Yeah, it looks like a human man. Uh, taller than Nils, a little bit more lithe, dark features, more copper skinned, dressed in kind of dressed more for like more for hot weather, not the kind of like foresty kind of garb that Nils is dressed in, but uh, but definitely looks like they come from someplace that gets a lot of sun, and that's all you can get out of the journal. Um, now you're starting to see kind of some water come in to ooh. the door. We're gonna cut back yeah. to Marjorie and Juno. So you guys are charging down this hallway, and you're following the corgis and the fairies, uh, some of which are still riding the corgis, some of which are flying alongside of you. They're kind of zigging zigging and zagging you through the corridors of this uh, dungeon, uh, and you're being pursued by the dragonborn knights, and they are shooting crossbow bolts at you or in their pursuit. So far, they are managing to miss you as you're darting around. You hear one of the fairy voices go, hurry this way, and they... J- quickly uh, turn uh, on a dime to the right, uh, so much so that you almost run into the, uh, the, you know, the fork in the wall as you try to turn. Uh, Juno, make a dexterity roll. Six. Okay, so Juno, you trip and you slip and fall. Your, your feet are still a little slick from when you were frozen. I was wondering why I was the one to make that. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, well, because margin has an innate agility. Yeah, yeah. What's up, baby? <laughs> so Juno trips. What else Juno is Juno trips and is hit with a crossbow bolt for nine damage. Yikes. And then is the, the fairies like don't slow down. They're like, hurry, get up. Come on, quickly. Marjorie, do you have any reaction to this or are you just beelining with the fairies? No, I'm, I'm helping Juno. Okay, you help him up? Yeah. Okay, so you help him up. Uh, a crossbow bolt comes by you. Okay, so you take six damage. Uh, glancing blow as you're helping Juno up. So you recover and you dart down the hallway, uh, catching up with the fairies and the corgis. They lead you to a door, uh, and using the keys that they took off of number 54, they open the door and you're on a, you're outside suddenly on this huge platform, which you realize is a hangar for those flying machines. Okay. Okay. Quickly, this way, your best way out of here is, is flying one of these machines. Juno asked the fairy, do you have any place that is like a lake and there's a spire? That's where we need to get to. Oh, yes. We know exactly where you're, oh, where you're talking about. I was going to ask what their names were <laughs> while we were running. Maybe we introduced each other, ourselves to each other. Yes, the one who's been talking to you mostly is Acorn. Acorn? Acorn, mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> um, there's acorn, melon, pebble, branch, willow, dewdrop. I love them. So cute. And uh, I said there were eight, didn't I? That's six. Eight. Periwinkle. Everybody calls him Perry. Mm-hmm. Acorn, melon, Perry. pebble, branch, dewdrop, Perry. And uh, marigold, who everyone calls Mary. Mary and Perry. And wait, acorn, melon, pebble, branch, dewdrop, Perry, Mary. I'm missing one. I'm willow. Missing one. Willow. Willow. Yes. Uh, the forgotten. And Acorn sends Perry and Mary with you to lead you to the to the place that you're talking about. Oh, great, this uh, won't get confusing. They say, you're trying to get to the stones, aren't you? Yes. yes. 
Yes, uh, it's great. We definitely need you to get back to where you came from because we need you to warn uh, everybody uh, of what has been happening to the heirs. Hey, DM, do we know anything about this family at murder? all? Because I know Marjorie yes. knows this. Marjorie knows, yes, but she hasn't been seen. Oh, shit. Good job, Joel. She okay. hasn't been seen in how long? Because this is stuff that Marjorie It's would been know. years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there's no confirmation of a death or anything. In Knights Pass, where Marjorie is from, when, when a member of that family would die, there'd be like an enormous yeah. funeral procession. Were there heirs, or was she like the last one? She the was the ruling one, and she has... Marjorie oh, has... A, yeah, like, Marjorie knows that she has daughters. Right. But has never heard anything about a son. Okay, so so yeah, so that's what you know about them. Okay. Yeah, yeah we promise we'll do it. Acorn uh, like motions to Melon, and Melon makes a gesture on the corgi that she's riding and a like whole like saddle and um like saddlebags appear on it like all this stuff was invisible and now it's not and they pull this like to them it's like the whole size of melon like scroll out of out of the satchel and melon like flies it up to you and like clearly it takes like an effort like when she like takes off, it kind of she kind of like dips and then get, goes back up, and then she hands it to you. And Acorn says like, "Bring this to any member of the fa- the royal family, and it'll explain everything." And then um, Marjorie takes, and it. then a crossbow bolt flies out of the air <gasps> no! uh, and flies through Melon's one of Melon's wings, <gasps> and she oh, falls no! to the ground. Um, oh. and her like corgi mount like runs over and like quickly pr- like curls up to protect oh. her. No. Um, and you see down the hall uh, that there are four guards pursuing you, uh, kind of like like setting up like to shoot at you guys from behind uh, the corner. Um, so they're using the corner as cover, and they're firing at you guys. And before you is the hangar, and they go, quickly, we'll hold them off. Uh, Perry, Mary, go with them. Take them to the standing stones. We- you have to pick a machine and figure out how to fly it. All right. <laughs> what do the machines look like? They look like... Kind of like big tricycles. Uh, there's like a there's like a seat in the center for a large person, and there are wings on either side. And there's uh, like a big like lantern kind of looking thing right behind the seat uh, that has like a oil lantern would like a door to open, and it looks like there's a space for something in that. What do you do? Um, Can both of us fit? In one? Yes, yeah. totally. Both of, okay. Since you're so small and yeah. this is built for one of those dragonborn, like you're, you is, can totally fit. Is there one that looks as close to Yanathan's as possible? He was riding a binacorn. <laughs> oh, he was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was one of the dragonborn. Was, no, no. Oh, that's right. Oh, 72 had that. <laughs> is there a binacorn here? There is not. No, this is a hanger of the flying machines. Okay. But, um, they, but they're the same kind as, as 72s. Yes. They're all the same. They're all the same. All right. All right. Let's, closest one? Yep. Closest one. All right. You go over to the closest one. You see this kind of lantern. You see that there's an opening for Mary, something. Mary, Perry, should we, is there something we need to put into this lantern? And is it one of you? Uh, whenever we- Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to cut it. Uh, whenever we see uh, one of the knights flying these things, there's always some kind of glow coming from this box. It's oh. it's always shiny and bright. We don't have the pendant. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, don't try that. It's like doing that thing where you have a necklace and you're like swinging it around your neck. <laughs> there's water just coming up around my legs. <laughs>
D&D and D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D and D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D and D, Juno, you see that there's a kind of clearing in these woods. There's this building. And now you're getting closer. You can see that there's a large creature on the roof of this building where the roof is blown off. I wish so badly I left the serpent outfit on. <laughs> what, that'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs>